Hello, 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 and welcome to another of my podcast episodes. You are now tuned in to WDGS 333 on your podcast station. I am Alfreda, your host, here to bring you the most of What Did God Say Ministry? My, oh, my, oh, my, on this terrific Tuesday, I tell you I am thankful, thankful, thankful on this terrific Tuesday. I tell you when I initially began talking about the checklist, I started out as I put on my my part two, I was I got a phone call that disconnected me from completing the message initially in part one. But after I finished part two, then I began to hear some things that God said, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, you didn't orchestrate it in a chronological order so that the full concept of the purpose of making a list would really be chronological. So I want to give you three things, three things in making three lists. And these three things are generally what causes many, many, many of our confusions and problems in the world. Not just within ourselves, but within many, many people in the world. Okay, and the first one is a checklist of your relationship with God. The second one is a checklist of your relationship with yourself and with your mate. Because God says he honors marriages. And so other than he said, now when we have a spouse, we're supposed to cleave from our mother and our father. Although God says to honor our mother and father. However... He, when he made man and woman to become husband and wife, then he, that became a unity as one. So it's very important to make your checklist about your man or your woman. What do you want in a mate? And what do you offer to a mate? What are you looking for? And what do you hope to give? That's your second list. Okay, and your third list, I said, would be your finances, but I didn't do it in that order. I, 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 I introduced on part one, I talked about the relationship with man and, and woman and what you desire in a mate. And I touched on finances because I said to make sure that you take a tablet or your notes in your cell phone. Write down all of your bills that you spend out for one month. Write every last one of them down. I'm telling you how it's going to bless your finances. Then all of your receipts, which you have to the side for whatever you spent cash money for. At the end of seven days, Add those receipts and you will begin to get a track record of just how much money. And sometimes I'm going to tell you when I did it, I was amazed because I found myself giving out more money than I, than I received. See, this is where you're going to help bless your finances. When you get structured and disciplined with this financial checklist, what it's going to do is you're going to start saying, oh, my God. See, you're going to really give God some praise because you're going to say, how did I make how did I make it through the month? 
because my paycheck was this amount, but I've spent out this amount. See, that goes to show you how God blesses us through the month. But I want you to do that seven, seven days, seven days for five weeks. And I'm telling you, it will change your spending habits for the rest of your life. Even if you don't abide by it. It's going to always resonate and be somewhere tucked away. You know how they used to tell us, raise a child in the way they should go. And when they get old, it won't depart. Even if you don't stick to your shopping list, your checklist, it's going to always be with you. And once you mature and become a grown man and a woman in Christ, guess what? It's going to be with you. Now, the third part, which is now, I'm coming to your checklist for God. I'm going to be brief and real short because I'm going to run through this checklist and then I'm going to summarize some few things. Okay, the checklist for God. Now, the purpose of the checklist for God is for your spiritual walk with God. Even if you study Every 88 books of the Bible, every 66 books you want to claim, every 80 books or every 66 books. But everything that's been written from Genesis to Revelations, I want to encourage you. If you make a checklist of these five things and you walk in the obedience of these five things on this checklist now. You're going to need your pen and paper or you're going to you can you can listen while you listening to this podcast. You can pull up your notepad if your if your phone do like mine and you can take notes while you're listening. Oh, isn't that a blessing? And if you want to do it legibly and get you some pencil and paper, but I'm telling you, if you allow these five things on your checklist, I'm going to give them to you in scripture to be active and obedient in your life. Your life will be more peaceful. And I'm telling you, you will be blessed. You will eat the fruit of the land and you will be you will be on the right road. That road that's broad, but narrow and few find and walk therein. I'm going to give you five things. I'm telling you, if you obey them and walk in them. You will see a miraculous change in your life. And I'm going to tell you what to add to these checklists when I give them. Okay, here they are. Five things. The first thing on your checklist with God is the Ten Commandments. The second thing on your checklist with God is the gifts of the Spirit. And the gifts of the Spirit are in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, they are outlined in verse 8 through 10, but I encourage you to read from verse 1 through 12. I hope you got that now. The gifts of the Spirit are contained in the scriptures of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 12, verse 8 through 10. But the nine gifts, and there are nine gifts, the, the, the whole, the first through the 12th verse is very important because you will understand how to stop being offended, jealous, and envy of anybody that operates in a gift. You will read for yourself. All gifts come from God and God distributes them to whom he chooses. Oh, you're going to find that right there. Okay. Now, the third thing on your checklist should be 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 
Oh my God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you read from the first verse on down through the 10 words that describe love. That 1 Corinthians 13. Now, the third thing on your list is the most important. Because out of all that you get, the greatest is going to be this one. And when you read 1 Corinthians 13, the instruction is to dissect every word. So you need to know when it says love is patient, look up patient. When it says love is kind, look up kind. And when I tell you, okay, when you when you write your list of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, there are going to be 10 words. There are going to be 10 words you need to define. Okay, the fourth thing on your checklist is the works of the flesh. Oh, my God. Those are the things on the checklist. And I tell you, that's the longest list because when I counted them and I dissected, see, I'm not asking you to do something that I haven't done. I dissected every one of the works of the flesh and I defined the meaning so that I will know and understand when I recognize somebody who's coming at me and they're operating in the work of their flesh. See, that's why a lot of times we don't know the truth in people because we don't know them by their spirit and we don't know them because of the works of the flesh. But when you know and you understand this information, it's going to help you recognize and identify different spirits. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't walk around here and, and discriminate against everybody. Some, but Because the Bible tells us, try the spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Try the spirit by the spirit. And then you will see if it is of God or if it is of the flesh. Oh, my God, somebody going to really be blessed from this checklist for the rest of your life. Now, uh, works of the flesh, there are 17, and you can locate them in Galatians, the book of Galatians, the fifth chapter, starting from verse 19 through 21. That's verse 19 through 21. But by the time I finish writing down, as I said in part two, writing down all of the works of the flesh and the definition, I had consumed two pages. Okay. Now, the fifth thing on your list is the fruits of the spirit. And it is nine of them. And they are also in the book of Galatians, the same chapter of the works of the flesh, which is chapter five. But the fruits of the spirit are verse 22 through 23. So that's one little small verse. But I must enlighten you to know there are nine. So that's nine words you need to look up. Now, I'm going to run through this list, this checklist for our life and relationship with God one more time. The very first one is the Ten Commandments, and that's in Exodus. It's in Exodus, it's in Deuteronomy. So whichever way you want to recall those Ten Commandments, you know, you, you can make that decision for yourself. But Google that, the Ten Commandments, because they're also in Matthews. Or better yet, you can get my book on Amazon because the book, the chapter, and the verse is in there. And I have a little pullout where you can, I got a little pullout where you can just just print it off 
and put it in your pocket. But see, now since I'm doing launching this podcast, I'm planning to insert the rest of this checklist into the remaining volumes because of completion of seven volumes. So this is going to be very profound, people. I'm telling you, this is what helped change my life tremendously is these checklists for God. There's number one, the Ten Commandments. Number two, the gifts of the Spirit. Number three, the definition of love. Number four, the works of the flesh. And number five, the fruits of the spirit. Now there are, t- and it's amazing. See, when I study this stuff, be it be blowing my mind. And I said, oh God, there's 10 commandments, but there's 10 words for, for the definition of love. And then I said, there are nine gifts of the spirit. And then there are nine fruits of the spirit on which they parallel. They're almost identical. Oh, isn't that a beautiful thing? You see how God orchestrates that thing? He orchestrated it where it was nine gifts that he distributed for the work of the ministry and then nine fruits that we all need to walk in. Oh, I hope somebody got that. You know, a nine is a very significant number. It represents the beginning and ending of a cycle. It's just like a two-edged sword, the number nine. Oh, my God, because it ends and begins a cycle. Do your homework, people. Write your checklist. And I want to say in the conclusion about this checklist. Now, how much you want your life to change will be determined of your commitment to this checklist. You know, we put so much stuff in our calendars, but schedule an appointed time. Even if you have to take one of those items of your checklist to God a week, just take one and then go and do the breakdown and study. Get your dictionary, you know. And so if you do that, that's five weeks. So you can run everything together. You can start your list with what you're looking for in your man or your woman. And then when you start your little thing, your seven-day thing with, with, with your finances, see, you can you can also do your finances at the end of that week. You sit down, you total your, uh, your receipts and see how much throwaway money, that's what I call it, extracurricular money that you spent. Now, not your bill money. You're going to calculate that anyway because that's your just debts. And God wants us to pay our just debts. But I'm going to tell you the reason why I like you to do this extracurricular activity of your extracurricular money because once you really, really see just how much money in seven days for for five weeks of seven days for five weeks how much unnecessary money you spend and i'm gonna tell you what gonna happen see the reason i did it because you know we gotta we gotta we gotta we got a thing as people to say well i can't afford to pay tithes Mm. see i know somebody don't want to hear this part i can't afford to pay offering i'm gonna put a dollar in the offering (laughs) and i'm not gonna pay tithes at all but then when you calculate for the next five weeks, them seven days, see, then you will be able to see God in a different way. See, then you will be able to be grateful how God made ways out of no way for you. Even when you didn't pay your tithes and you didn't pay your offering and you didn't do the things that God required you to do. But yet he still bless you. That's why I got a problem, people, with people who don't in everything give thanks. Because God didn't have to allow you that extra money. 
or the extra time that you have in your life. Especially when you're not obedient to giving your money where God has instructed you to plant it. Oh my God. I hope somebody got that. Make your list. If you make your list for Santa Claus for Christmas, make your list for yourself in your relationship. Make your list for God. Make your list for your finances. Because that's the Santa Claus that's going to bless your life. Not the man in the red suit who can't fit down your chimney because you don't even have one. Oh, my God. Ah, Holy Ghost. Move by your power. I bind and rebuke anything right now in the name of Jesus that's seeking to interfere with your checklist. Because your checklist is to change your life. See, the devil don't want people to change. The devil want people to stuck just like they are. And let me tell you something. I want to enlighten you. When you are stuck, see, all he wants to do is send you to hell. He don't want you to hear about God. He don't want you to make no changes for God. And he will make you get up and crave and interfere with anything when it got to do with God. See, that is not of God. And we'll sit down and be patient and work around everything else. But soon as somebody want to tell you how to bless your life, all of a sudden, you know, you will see yourself start desiring and wanting to do something else. I just want to help you. And the reason I want to help you now more than ever, because I've had premonitions and and this is a real cry to you people. Some people are getting ready to fall away and it's going to be a great falling away. It's going to be some people that's going to rise up and they're going to fall and great going to be their fall. It's going to be some people that things are going to come upon them like never before because God is not pleased with people who want to make everything else more important. Than that relationship with him. Because we can't do nothing without God, people. See, we coming into these privileged times. Everything in society is unpredictable. And when you need to get that checklist down in you. Because one of the main things that's very important. Is to, is to get you focused on being obedient. And get you focused in self-control. I've never seen so many people that don't have self-control. They let the least little thing knock them off their center. They let the least little thing aggravate them. They got to call 100 people and tell them about something so simple. I'm just saying. Nobody is getting to a place. Who is girding up your loins? But we can't gird up our loins with the spirit of truth. Oh, my God. Let me give you a bonus for your checklist. Oh, God, I thank you today. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Putting on your armor. Oh, my God. That's your bonus on your checklist. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Because if I had ended this podcast, it wouldn't have came to me. And yo, and yo, and yo, and putting on your armor. Putting on the whole armor of God. That's Ephesians. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, bring it to my remembrance. That's Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And it's somewhere around starting at the 10th verse. Write those things. Write your armor down. Because you're going to need your armor on to be able to activate the other five things on your checklist. You're going to need your armor. 
See, we ain't got time. It's some strongholds that's moving in the atmosphere. It's some strongholds in people churches. And everybody impressed now would want to get in a pulpit. But if you can't warfare against these strongholds, you will find yourself like the seven sons of Siva. They will whoop you down to they'll send you to somewhere. You, you'll be running at your own church and ain't got no clothes on. Ain't time to play people. This thing is real. And you have to understand and know. I heard somebody tell me, I ain't scared of no devil. And I said to myself, you better be. If you don't know that you're walking upright. If you don't know that you can check them things off that five, them five, them five checklists. And check them twice. Let me tell you something. The devil ain't playing with nobody. He'll send folks up in the church to assassinate people. He have no respect of person. He don't care what your title is. He don't care how much you pray. He don't care how much you say you love God. Because one thing that the devil recognized, just like with the seven sons of Siva, he said, Jesus, I know, but who are you? See, because he recognized that man went true in his spirit to even come in the name of Jesus with authority. Oh, let me get up off this podcast. I came on here to give you your checklist, but the spirit and the anointing just took over. But I just want to encourage somebody today that whatever you do for God, let it be real. It's no time to play. If you still want to slip and dip, sit in the pew until you get cured. Sit in the pew until you get your correction. Stay there. Go as you are. But don't go up higher. Because see, the Bible said the worst thing that we can do is take ourselves to a higher position and be asked to come down. You need to be invited up. And when you invite it up, know that you're ready to go up. Because if you're not ready to go up, I'm telling you people. You, my God, excuse me. You're going to see you gonna see it. God going to put it on the house top and everything going to pop out to expose. And if you can't handle a little pressure without an attitude to walk around in your house by some little bit of nitpick mess. If you can't handle something petty. Oh, my God. How can you be positioned to warfare as a believer? Whether you in the pulpit or the pew, you need to have a strength to warfare as a believer. You need to be able to know if God wake you up in the Holy Ghost, say, get up and walk your house and intercede and pray. You want to lay there and say, well, I don't feel like it. But if the devil say turn on your TV and watch BET Award in the middle of the night, okay, you can obey that. It's time out, people. I'm just saying. If you're going to walk this walk, walk it out. And if you weaken this walk, ain't nothing wrong with that. Because God said when we weak, he's strong. But see, that's the time you start cultivating your relationship to get down to business with God. If you want to be strengthening God. Now if you want to still play in the sandbox. And throw dirt in people's eyes. Because that's what a lot of folks. Uh, uh, church. Church. Church goers. That's what I call them. Church goers. They go to church. But a lot of them in the, in the sandbox. Because they still throwing dirt at people. Oh look what she got on. Let me throw some dirt. Look at her hair. Let me throw some dirt. 
But let me tell you what she used to do. Ooh, they really throw dirt on that. They make a whole sandbox. Well, you know, you know, he tried to holler at that person. You know, you know, the deacon got two, three girlfriends. Oh, 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 wait, but oh, but he do. But you know, the pastor, he got, he married, he got some too. It's some whole lot of dirt slinging in the church. And see, all that tells me is that the first Corinthians, the end of that chapter, first Corinthians chapter 13, going down to the end. It said, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a grown man, I put away childish things. See, sometimes people call me and I listen to some of the stuff they say. And I said, that's some childish myths. Because they still in the sandbox. I'm just trying to help you get you a list so you can get on out the sandbox and get in the classroom. Because, you know, when it's, when, when you're in the sandbox and, and the weather change and it's cold outside, that don't feel good. You know, when you're in the sandbox and it's hot outside, Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. See, I can preach a message all by itself about that sandbox. Get out the sandbox. Because when that sand get hot, and don't let it get stuck all in your toes, you know, it'll cut you up. You will have what they call sand cuts. And it'll burn you up when it's hot. Don't you want to come on out the sandbox? Don't you want to be delivered from the same old way? Make your checklist. And don't just check it twice. Check it two or three times. Bless your life. I want you all to continue to be blessed. And may the blessings of the Lord flow, flow, flow down into your life. Meet all of your good wants and everything you need. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. Until the next podcast uploads. Peace out. God bless. Hello, 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 and welcome to another of my podcast episodes. You are now tuned in to WDGS 333 on your podcast station. I am available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I am Alfreda, your host, here to bring you the most of what did God say. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. My, oh, my, oh, my. If you hear the birds and the, and, the, and, the, and the noise in the background, just know I'm in one of my favorite spots. Yes, I am. I'm on the back porch. And I sit here on the porch at the table with my pen and my paper and my Bible and my beverage. <laughs> I just finished having me a little prelude for breakfast. Um, and I tell you, this morning when I rose, I gave God the thanks, the praise, and the glory. I tell you this morning when I rose, I said, God, I thank you. I'm blessed to see another day, a new day. Oh, yes, I laid there, and I communed with God. And I told him how grateful and how thankful I am. And I asked him to forgive me for any and all unrighteousness. Oh, God, I thank and I praise God this morning. And then I fixed my little prelude for breakfast. And I got my materials. And I came on on the back porch to the table. 
But I'm going to tell you what came in my spirit after I finished praying this morning. I watched a movie the other night. And the name of the movie is Nobody's Fool. And it was it, it is written by Tyler Perry. It's one of Tyler Perry movies, you know. And how many of you, you know, we all like Tyler Perry. You know, he makes some really good movies and they have a good message. But in this particular movie, which I was surprisingly had never seen before, it, 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 it came out according to the description November of, of 2018. So I said, mm, that's not that old. But anyway, we watched the movie. I watched the movie and and I watched it with a friend of mine and, and, and it was very enjoyable. But I tell you, something about that movie kind of stuck with me because the movie outlined relationships, but it was determined by a list a list of things that a young lady wrote down what she was looking for in a man because something her mother's encouraged her from her mother told her about a list that she had the reason she had such a good husband now at the end of the movie I'm thinking what ended up happening the mother had to break it down that she encouraged her you know by this list because she wanted her daughter to, 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 I guess, you know, the purpose of the list is to make sure you know what you want. Write down what you want. And that's where I'm going to come from today. The checklist or the general ledger. Or should I say the checklist and the general ledger. Now, we make checklists for many things. Now, I don't know about these new days. What I call these millennia babies. But in the old school days... See, we, we couldn't put notes in cell phones, but even cell phones, cell phones have a, a added feature. See, this is not even an app. This is an added feature. Now, let me give you a little uh, uh, computer knowledge. You have devices, be it laptop, tablet, or cell phone. They come from the factory with features and when you want something beyond the features it, you put it on your phone yourself it's called an app and so we download apps on our phone our features come built in our phone okay stick with me now so if you have a feature built in your phone that says notes and in my notes now, instead of writing it on paper, I use my notes a lot because I make my grocery list when I'm sitting in the house and I'm thinking about something I need to get from the supermarket. Because what happened is my, my, my written ledger, that's why I say the list in general ledgers, that's what it was called back in the old days. When you legibly write something down comprehensively to read and it was chronologically, then it was called a ledger. That's how we kept up with stuff. That's how we kept things in order. That's how we were able to go back and not rely on our memory solely. Oh, I hope y'all stay with me this morning. I just want to bless your spirit. I just want to bless your spirit. And when I bless your spirit, it's to bless your life. Amen. Amen. Now, this checklist, 
It amazed me when when I kept referring back to that movie because I found a checklist that I encouraged one of my daughters to write back in 2008. And when I found the checklist, I was I was sorting through, you know, my containers, you know, and I have plenty paperwork and stuff, but I was purging out some paperwork. I was getting rid of a lot of it that I had journeyed with over the years and um and they had this big shredder truck and some people may have got my 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 YouTube because at that time I was on YouTube a little more frequently and and I was talking about taking all this paperwork to the shredder truck. Well, so when I was going through this paperwork, I ran across this list and I and I and I made a I took a picture and sent it to one of my other daughters who I thought handwriting it was. See, I I, I, I was trying to re- recall the handwriting. And and when I sent it to her, she 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 came by to visit not long after, and then I showed her, physically showed her the, the list. And she said, That's not my handwriting. So she said it she named her other sister who had writing. She she thought it was. But anyway, um the list I had her to write was just like from the movies. And this was 10 years ago. If the movie came out 2018, this was 10 years ago. When I had because we had the date on there. And I had her to write down what was she looking for in a relationship. Oh my God. So I had done the list myself. I wrote me a list. In 2008, I was in the process of planning a divorce. And I sat down and I said, I don't want to keep making this same mistake. You know, I've I've been married twice and, and I married for reasons to honor God in my sensuality. You know, the old people raised us. It's better to marry than to burn. So, therefore, I didn't want to continue to let my soul burn or yearn to, to, to connect with somebody and shake sheets Un- unlawfully because, you know, that is still on the law books, fundication and adultery. And I didn't want to shake sheets with somebody ungodly. So marriage has always been um, honorable to me. Because God honors it. And how many of you know it's important to honor what God honors? And so God said he honors marriages. So do I. I think marriages are beautiful things. But what I later came to learn when I started compiling this checklist, I was talking to God and God said, okay, well, do you know what you want? See, to whom much is given, much is required. So a lot of time in my thought process, let me share this right quick. In my thought process, and in my my speaking process, whenever God talks to me and I commune with God and, and I sup with him, he always give me a scripture to back up what I'm thinking on. I hope somebody got that. See, that's how God talks to us is through his word. He don't just run around in our head and talk to us like we talk to ourselves. Because, see, God's word says his thoughts are not our thoughts. And his ways are not our ways. See, we got this thing twisted all the way backwards. See, we think that God's supposed to listen to our thoughts. And we should obey how we feel or think. 
or what we say. Oh my God. But we're not saying his word. That's why I tell a lot of people, just because you feel a thing, don't make you right. Your feelings could not be what God say. See, so when I talk to God, now I talk to him from my feelings and I use my words many times. So when God answers back, he used his word. I hope somebody get this, how this thing work now. See, we can go to God. Like I say, okay, God, well, I met this guy and I like this guy and, 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 and I want him to be my boyfriend. What you think? Now, I'm going to tell you how God turns around and answers me. And God said, well, you know, didn't I tell you to study on relationships? Did you see in the Bible what is acceptable to me to have a boyfriend? See, I know this tight people don't want to hear it, but I'm just telling you how God talks to me. So what God did, he reminded me, he said, I said I honor marriage. Now, when I said I honor marriage in the bed, it's undefiled. And so if I just say, I'm just throwing this out hypothetically now for those who may say, well, okay, God, is it okay to sleep with him? And God said, but no, 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 no. Let me take you, Alfreda, to Galatians, the fifth chapter. I said, your works of the flesh. Oh, my God. It's fornication. And some people may say, well, what is fornication? That's fornication with two people who shake sheets. I use that term, you know, sexually intimate, who are unmarried. Now, many of us know what adultery is. That's when you shake sheets and be sexually intimate with somebody who already married. And it's not to you. And you be with them anyhow. That's adultery. So, there's a chronological list. Because we're talking about a list. There's a checklist in the Bible, in Galatians. Oh, my God. To tell us what the works of the flesh are. That's Galatians chapter 5. Verse 19, starting at verse 19 through 21. God had me to do an in-depth study. November the 20th, 2011. And when I sat down, and I'm going to tell you the way I study. God had me to dissect every one of those works of the flesh. And God said, see, when you read this, it's that the works of the flesh are manifest. And you know what manifest means? You can see them. You know, it amazes me sometimes how people get offended if they heard you said something truthful. Not a lie. That's truthful about them. As if they say, you told my business. That's what a lot of people like to say. Oh, honey, she literally tell folks business. Let me please enlighten you. If you your business consists of works that are operating in your flesh, now I'm going to tell you, unless you think you bigger than God, the Bible done already said people going to see. So when you, when you expose for people to see, oh, let me help somebody. It's not hitting. <laughs> Let me tell you. Expose means see. Hidden mean KC. So when you expose your works and they are manifest, nobody's telling your business. It's no business. It's no nobody's telling your secret. It's not no secret. Works of the flesh are not hidden. 
That's what manifest means. It's something that's not hidden. Okay, let me please help somebody who want to fall out with people thinking somebody telling something that's not a secret. It's manifest. And I always say, if one person know it truly isn't a secret, even if it was done in secret, and you told one person, that's all it took. But when you when you don't even need to tell somebody something, let me help people this morning from falling out with people when you don't even tell it and they see it. If you've been driving a car and parking it in a parking lot for just one month, I'm not going to even say two, three, four, five years. I'm going to say one month for one month for three weeks. And see, I'm going to tell you how a lot of people flesh get manifest. You want to talk about it. Oh, I got a new car. I got a new boyfriend. I got a new girlfriend. I got a new car. I got a new house. Okay, so you you done shared that with some people. So that means it's not a secret. Why fall out with somebody else? Because you heard it a hundred people down the road to come back and tell you. But like my grandmother used to say, if you can't keep your own business, don't be falling out with other people because they don't keep it. It was your business to keep. So if you can hold it, why you fall out with other people who can't hold it? Oh, my God. But the works of the flesh is manifest. That means we see it anyway. We see it. Now, I see it. We see it. Because when I see something, I know God didn't just let my eyes fall upon it. Somebody else see it, too. So why you falling out with people when you, that's just like if a person want to walk down the street in the bare nakedness. and But you want to tell people, she telling my business, he telling my business. But you walking in the public. See, the works of the flesh is manifest to the public. I don't know what people, just even with this Facebook, oh, people looking on my page. It's public. That's not, yeah, you created the page, but you created a public page. Oh, I hope somebody get this stuff. Y'all be falling out with people. But all kind of stuff that's manifest. So the works of the flesh is manifest. And when I did my study, I tell you how I study. God had me to take every one of those words. Now, from 19 to 21, it's only three, 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 three scriptures. It's only three scriptures. But when I wrote each word down, it contained two full pages. And it don't take two full pages to write three scriptures. But in my study, it moved to two pages because I took every word and I dissected it and, and I defined it. I defined it adultery. I defined it fundication, achievousness, uncleanliness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfishness, dissension, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, rivalries, and, and that was 17 works. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to another of my podcast episodes. You are now tuned in to WDGS 333 on your podcast station. 
I am Alfreda, your host, here to bring you the most of What Did God Say Ministry. Today, 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 you know, this is a part two. Part one, I started uh, recording yesterday morning, and I forgot, my apologies, I forgot to um, go to my menu and place my phone on Do Not Disturb. So in the midst of providing the information, a phone call came in. And when a phone call comes in, it automatically will stop my recording. So my apologies. But the part one is like 10 minutes. I hope you took time to listen to it. And um, part two is now coming to you live. This morning, I'm in my favorite spot on the porch. But yesterday, I was talking and I started talking about it. And that's why I hope you go back and listen to part one. Your checklist, your checklist. You know, uh, we we um, we should become more habitable of making checklists. It's nothing wrong with making a checklist, even if you have excellent memory. I remember something my dad told me a long time ago when he introduced me to my first day planner. I was in my about 23 years old and he brought that book over and I said, what's this for? He says a day planner to write down things and make a list of things you need to do to organize your schedule or your calendar. And I said, I can remember everything I need to do. Because I rely so, so much on my memory because I thank God for the ability to memorize things intensely at that age. I don't remember things as well as I used to back then. But back then, I would always challenge. You know, people make a lot of challenges nowadays with dances and different other things. But I used to challenge my memorization. But one thing my dad said to me back then, he said, never trust your memory. Never trust your memory, Alfreda. I said, but why not? That made me want to challenge him verbally because I I knew my memory was sharp and alert and very keen. And I just felt that it came from God. I did give God the glory. But then I didn't understand where he was coming from when he said, never trust your memory. Because, see, to me, that was just like a person talking about going to a psychiatrist. If I speak against my memory and I say things about my memory, then I will, my memory become will, will not be as keen or it will become lapsed. So I was never one of those persons that used to say stuff like, um... I can't remember anything or, you know, how sometimes people would say things like, uh, well, you know, when, when you, when you get old, your memory go bad. See, I I never spoke that over myself. I, I took, I took real good care in saying words where it concerned my mind because I knew it was my mind. See, I had studied in the Bible where the Bible said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I relied on my mind to be renewed. I relied on my mind to be sharp and alert in anything that spoke against my mind. See, I stayed away from those territories. I mean, seriously, I didn't joke about it and I didn't play about that. You know, I remember when I was trying to get some some my my uh social security and stuff like this and somebody told me they said well all you have to do is play like you crazy i said oh no i can't do that i will work until i can't work anymore before i do that see one thing about me the mind is a terrible thing to waste 
You know, we get, we got things to replace our arms, our legs, even hearts. But a mind, you know, I, I haven't heard of any brain transplants. They might can do it, but I'm just saying I haven't heard of it. So when it comes to my mind, I want to be clear what I feed in it. I want to be clear what I think on. And I definitely want to be clear enough to remember. But even after what my dad said, and as I I have gotten older, even though God has still graced me with good memorization, I still learn that it's just good to make a list. How many of you know it's good to write things down? And I tell you why I got to the place to start making a list more often is because it frees up my thoughts more. I hope somebody got that. See, I used to run around and contain everything. But now, as I'm getting older, I like to have some leisure time in my mind. So when I need to go to the grocery store, instead of standing in there or pushing my buggy and trying to recall everything, I look it up in my notes, as I said on part one. My notes are are full in my phone. And that absorbed a lot of my phone memory. That's why sometimes I, I can't log into my messenger without offloading some other apps and different features that I have. But when it comes to notes and making a list, this is what I want to talk about from that movie I mentioned in part one. Nobody's fool. It's important to me. Make a list of what you want. See, the Bible says in the book of James that we, this is for people, true believers should definitely do this. Let a man ask for what he wants. Ask for what you want. And so how can you ask God what you want him to give you if you don't know? The Bible says a wavery-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That's in the book of James, first chapter. A wavery-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And the Bible said, let him not ask anything of God. So, I, you know, I got to scratch my head on things when I read them. And I want revelation. So the Lord said, why would you ask me for something if you don't know what you want? If you don't know what you want, how can somebody give you what you think you want if you're not sure what you want? I hope somebody got that. See, when you're wavering, it's like, today I want this person, tomorrow I don't want them. Today I want this person, tomorrow I don't want them. And that's one thing I try to do. Now, I get wavery too. But then I'm reminded, see, when I get wavery, that's when I go, like I told you on, on on part one, I go and I ask God, I said, okay, God, I'm wavering now, I'm wavering now. And then I said, but you know, I'm trying to decide, should I do this? Should I don't do that? Should I do this? And God will remind me, he'll speak back to me through his word. He said, I can't give you, Alfredo, what you want if you have made up your mind what you want. See, God don't work like that. That's just like writing down a Christmas list. Remember how we used to be, you know, when we was little? I don't know about you, but when I was much younger, and it wasn't that many years ago, I'm just playing, but yeah. uh, We was always said, make your Christmas list. We had to write a Christmas list. And even in that song, I don't know if you all remember, like, we're making a list. 
and checking it twice, we're going to find out who's not of your nice Santa Claus coming to town. Making a list is very important. I made a list some years ago about what I was looking for. Now, just like in the movie, let me say this about making a list. Just because you make a list don't mean you might get everything on the list. Oh, I hope somebody got that. Even your grocery list. You know, you ever made your grocery list and when you get in the grocery store and you see that the prices of what you thought or remember or recall or estimate or guesstimate what it may cost. Because see, when I make my grocery list, I put the little price I think stuff going to be on the side. And then I draw a line and I total it up to kind of have a general idea how much money I'm going to anticipate on spending in the grocery store. Oh, but sometime once I get there, I may see something that wasn't on the list. So I may substitute it for something that was on the list that I can kind of, you know, work around. I can I can live without for a minute. And that's what I want to talk to you about even in relationships. You know, when we have a relationship with God, we should have a checklist of what we're looking for God to change in our lives. What we're looking for God to do. You know, I've had many lists over my years. And sometimes, because I keep up with them and I have probably about 21 journals, I can go back and look at some of my old journals because I sporadically, I write in one and skip over and write in another one. If I buy a new one, it's kind of cute, then I write in that one. But it's very good to make notation of things that are relevant in your life. That's what we used to call back in the days the general ledger that I mentioned in part one. Now, ledger only means you need to write something down. Nowadays, we don't run around with pencil and paper. So that's why you use your notes and your telephone. And then you can go ahead when you're watching TV, when you're sitting in the bathroom, when you know, you know, not while you're driving your car, though. Maybe even when you're sitting at your desk and you remember something, you know, I got little headings, you know, headings and I put the date and I make my little notes. But the only thing about this now, as we do know, the tr- the, the telephones can fall, they can break, they can become damaged, they can be lost or they can be stolen. So I still rely on my written ledger. Oh, I hope somebody got that. You know, the worst thing I think can happen when a person's phone is lost, damaged, or stolen, and they got all these contacts, even though we can back up stuff in the clouds, because I do have my notes backed up in the clouds. I have my contacts backed up in the clouds, but I just want to bring a reminder to you from part one. Everything you back up in the cloud, that means it's stored somewhere in a public ability. Oh, I hope somebody got that. Now, because you back it up in the clouds, remember, it's no longer private. It's no longer a secret. They can pull stuff out them clouds, honey. Yes, they can. Pictures, notes, and anything you store in there. And the purpose of storing it is the ability for you to go back and retrieve it. But I need you to remember, in technological society, anybody else can retrieve it too. Amen. Now, your general ledger, if you like writing stuff down, which is the best thing to do if you want to keep it a little more private. So I like to write me a list, grocery list. List concerning my relationship. Christmas list. I still make a Christmas list. Yes, I do. 
I might not get everything on it just like I don't get everything on my grocery list. And in my list of relationships, I might not get everything on that either. And I've grown to a place to understand everything we put on the list don't mean we're going to get it. But what the list does, oh my God, let me help somebody why it's important to make a list and check on your list. It's to remind you what it is you desire to do or have. See, these are your wants. And some of the things on your list may be your needs. I write down my bills. I need them to be paid. It's very, let me tell you something. Let me please say this. And I'm telling you, if you do this in a habit, if you make writing your list a habit, I'm going to tell you how to bless your life. It'll save you money. Especially if you write a grocery list and you stick to that and that's your budget and you don't go over like I do. If you want a relationship, it's going to bless you in your emotions because when the person show up and they not matching up to what you have on your checklist, then that's not what you want. Now that has nothing to do whether or not they may want you. <laughs> but that's not mean that's not what you want. See, I go back because when I watched that movie the other night, I had to go back to my list. Because I keep my little list tucked away in one of my little notepads. And I really began to reflect upon my list. And I said, Oh my God. Then God said, see, somewhere we get off focus. That's why it's good to go back and check your list. Because when we don't go back to the grocery list or the relationship list, then when we get our focus in the least little thing or the person that comes and they show up and they try to tell us something and we don't forget about our list. Now, that don't mean things won't work out just because they're not to the list per se. But this is my point for myself, and I hope it bless you. If you have 20 things on your list, oh, I hope somebody hear me good. And the person show up and they only have (laughs) one. Then, you know what? It's time to make a decision. You know, it's time to make a decision. I listen to a lot of people. And I know I employ people. I even wrote two lists. I wrote what I'm looking for in a man. And then I wrote on the other side. I split my paper down the middle drew a line and I wrote what I have to offer as a woman make you a list for yourself as well parallel that list see I put first and foremost I'm a dedicated woman to God so I know that man need to be desiring or seeking or wanting that and then the second thing I listed that I believe is important is that I'm faithful I'm faithful to God. I'm faithful to my man. Whoso never God placed him to be. And then I went on and I wrote stuff. I'm clean. I, 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 I take care of my business. You know, I just wrote different things about myself. I can cook. I know how to adore myself when I need to get dressed to go out. And I wrote all these things on the list. Then I put some things on there. Number one, the same thing, this man has to be dedicated to God. And see, one thing about a man that's dedicated to God, 
you will see it. And it don't mean he have to walk around 24 hours of a day. I'm a powerful being. But he have to walk around some parts of the day and let me know that he has a relationship with God. And I'm not talking about a hidden relationship. See, because my Bible tells me we're supposed to acknowledge God and, 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 and entertain him just like we will anything else. He said, because if, if, if you hide something, you know, what is that? You ashamed? The Bible said, if you are ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. So wherever I go, I'm not ashamed to glorify my God. Now, I'm not saying anybody got to be like me. But I know I'm not ashamed to boldly speak other stuff. I'm not ashamed to scream at the football game or clap at the basketball game. I'm not ashamed to let people know what I like to watch on TV. I'm not ashamed. See, I I, I put stuff on a scale. See, when I see you expose yourself to all this other frivolous stuff in society openly, but then you tell me you got to have a certain way to serve your God in secret. Oh, I, I hope somebody got that. If you need to serve your God in a corner secretly, but you got all this other stuff exposed for people to walk in your life and say, well, I know you like that. I know you like to watch the young and the restless, the bold and the beautiful. Or men, I know you like to watch football and basketball, but you might have a woman that don't even know you know God because she don't never see that side of you. Oh, I hope somebody got that. Or that's the side that took over here. And people like to say, well, you know, I don't have to expose. You don't. You don't. We don't have to expose anything we don't want. But I find it perplexing when a person can expose all of their extracurricular activities. You know, what you like to watch on TV, where you like to go eat, what you want to eat, what you want to wear. You got, you got no problems letting a woman see and know all of that. But then you want to share with me a, a, a comment about serving your God openly? People, I just want to help somebody get delivered. I want to appeal to you how important it is to make a list. Write down what you're looking for. But write down what you bring into the table. See, you know, in my list, another one of the things that was high on my list is I definitely wanted a faithful man. Now, I didn't want no cheating man. But if you got 20 things on your list and that's only one, then that means you got to live around 19 different things that may irritate you to the fullest degree. Write your list. And see, here's where my faith come in with my list. If I got 20 things on that list and God done said that a wavering mind is unstable in all his ways, let him not ask anything of the Lord because God don't know what to give you. If you want to go on vacation, write your list down. And when anything show up less than half or 50% of what you got on your list, guess what? You're not trusting God to give you what you asked for. Oh my God. You're not trusting God to give you what you ask for. Sometimes things are an illusion. 
I hope y'all know what that means. It can come in a form to kind of look like what's on your list. But it's far, far, far from being what's on your list. That's an illusion. Or you can use the term a delusion. You know, either way it goes. When you start recognizing it's not actual and it's not factual. When you, when, when your list, your list, and that's the purpose of making your list. If you can draw a line halfway in your list. If you put 10 things, that's five of them need to at least show up. Mm, five of them out of 10. When you settle for less than half of your list. You're not trusting God. See, and just because you may meet the qualifications to somebody based on what you can give. Because remember, write your list about what you bring to the table too. And if everything on your list that you know you bring to the table, then a lot of times you'll find yourself always being grabbed at. Because what's on your list It's what's in hot demand. Oh, I hope somebody got that. But just because what's on your list position you to be in hot demand don't mean you need to accept less than what you got on the list you desire. I just want to help somebody. Oh, my God. See, it's time out for people sending people to try to obtain somebody because they're looking at their life. Remember, you stand before God only for your life. You stand before God only to work out your soul's salvation. And it doesn't matter if my mama, my daddy, my sister, my brother, my auntie, my cousin, or my best friend like who I like or don't like. What matters is that am I getting on my Christmas list? So when my Christmas list is don't, and I get under the Christmas tree, okay, let me ask you this question. When you make a Christmas list, if your mama, your daddy say, okay, make a list of what you want. See, God is our dad. He said, don't be wavering. So that means make a list so you'll know what you want. So if your mother, your dad say, make a list of what you want for Christmas. And when you making this list, you wake up on Christmas Day and under the tree, you don't have anything you put on your list. You're going to feel some type of way. I'm just saying, I have to ask my brothers and my sisters in Christ to excuse some people. Because you didn't show up what they had on their Christmas list. And that's all right. There's no need to fall out with somebody. Sometimes when you don't get what you want on your Christmas list, you know your parents might make a better decision for you. Let me throw that in there. Sometimes God do make decisions for us that alters from our list. And then when you get and you start playing with this stuff under the Christmas tree, you say, oh, well, I like this. Well, my mama and daddy didn't buy me what I put on my Christmas list, but I enjoy what they did give me. Now, that's a whole different topic. When you enjoy what you know God gave you that wasn't on your list. But when you get under that Christmas tree and you start playing with something that you didn't put on your list because your mom and daddy choose to buy it for you and then you don't enjoy it. You know what happens? You put over in a corner and you don't want to play with that. You don't even want to deal with that. 
you may sit there with an attitude because now you didn't have what you want and you didn't like what they gave you. Now, see, let me move this into a natural. Because even sometimes God may give us something that he know is right for us that we don't recognize that's right for us. So we don't know how to treat it. We don't know how to play with it. We don't know how to enjoy it. But we'll put these things on our list. Or either somebody told us, well, look at here, this was best for you. And when you don't recognize that they gave you something that's best for your life. And you want to sit like a child and say, well, I don't want to play with that. I ain't want that. I ain't put that on my list. But you don't give it a chance. You don't make time to see how creative that toy that you got under the tree could be. People, I'm just trying to tell you, it's different. It's so many different dynamics when it comes to God, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to the true meaning of love. But one thing out of everything that I've said about your list, let it be your list. Whatever God placed on your pathway, don't be persuaded to write your list by asking somebody else. See, make your list from what you want. And even if it don't show up, trust me, I believe when we ask God for something and we're not asking a misc, A-M-I-S-S, and that means when the Bible says not knowing what to ask for, you're just asking for anything because you're looking for something else. But it it comes with a responsibility. We all have a responsibility when we make our list. When you make your grocery list, you have a responsibility to try to stick to it when you get to the grocery store. If you're going to make a list and go in the grocery store and not use it, that's why I start putting my grocery list in my cell phone. Because I would leave home, but I would get to the store and recall a lot that I had written on the paper. So now I put it in my cell phone and take it with me. And sometimes I I don't refer to it. Sometimes I don't. But that's the times I mess up. That's why I say make your list and check it. Go back and check it. You know, in the song, say check it twice. But sometimes you may need to check your list two, three, four times. Especially when you write down your monthly bills. You'll be surprised when you write down your bills and you write down all this extra money. Let me give you an assignment that's going to bless your life. I'm telling you, if your money is low and you're short, it's going to take some work. But how many of you know that living in this world takes work? It's going to take work. Everything we do, it's going to take some spiritual work. It's going to take some physical work. It's going to take some work for my emotions. Everything, when you stop working in your mind, heart, body, body, and spirit, you a lazy human being. Yes, I said it. And I know some people like that. They can sit down all day and won't wash one spoon out the sink. And they ain't doing nothing. It's some lazy people now. But when you make your list, you can't be lazy. You can't be lazy. But if you be diligent, let me say this, and I'm going to let this podcast end today. If you be diligent when you make your list, 
It's going to bless your life tremendously. I'm telling you, if you've been having relationship problems, if you've been having money problems, if you've been having spiritual problems, I'm going to tell you where to start. Start with your list. Write your bills down on one sheet of paper. Write down every bill that you have to take from your paycheck and pay. Write them down. Make time to do this, people. I'm trying to encourage you how to bless your life through your finances, through your emotions. Then, all your receipts, stop throwing them away. When people say, do you want your receipt? I tell them yes. Because I take my receipts. And what you need to do every, every, every week, if you spend regular. Take your receipts out your purse, out your car, because men don't usually put them in their wallet. Put them in your car. And at the end of the week, don't go longer than a week. Make 15 minutes. That's all you need out your life. I'm finna show you how you're going to be blessed now. And write down everything you spent on those receipts and totally. Do this for 40 days. 40 days, which that means you're going to do it for five weeks. And five represents the number of grace because you're going to get some grace at the end of them five weeks. It's somewhere in there. We'll just do it for five weeks. At the end of five weeks, look at how much money you will have spent. And then look around and see whatever you spent that money for, if you can see pretty much any of it. See, we spend a lot of money frivolously. And we look around and always be in lack and always in need because we spend a lot unnecessary. Then for relationships, take that piece of paper, write down everything that you know. You know, not what you guess, but what you know about yourself that is a plus to share with somebody else's life. Write these things down. If you feel that you're smart, you're cute, put all of that on there. If you think you fine, if you got a flawless body, if you got pretty teeth, if you want to add all that because some people want all that. But make sure whatever you're putting on your list that you're not overextending what you're looking for And you don't have it to offer. Oh my God, I hope somebody got that. See, if you want a clean man, you need to be a clean woman. That's what I'm saying. If you want a smart man, then you need to have some smarts. I want you to compare this list because it, 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 it amazes me how we as a society of people and women are always looking for something in a man or a man always looking for something in a woman, but you're not bringing the same thing to the table and you get offended if they don't want you. Cause I'm going to tell you what happens when you do this list. That's how you're going to bless your life. If you stick to the list of what you want, because the Bible done told us God will give us the desires of our heart if we delight ourselves in him. So our desires are generally our wants. They're not our needs. 
So if you're looking for all of this to be in a man or a man looking for all of this to be in a woman, then that list needs to parallel some comparisons. Oh, my God. I hope somebody got that. If you want a clean woman, you should be clean. If you want a smart woman, you need to be smart. If you want a godly woman, you need to be godly. And vice versa to all of that that I just named. And if that shows up and you connect with that person, that means you're more equally yoked. See, for years the church said, okay, be not unequally yoked. Jump the broom and get married. See, they didn't tell us. They didn't educate us. That being equally yoked doesn't mean that I'm a believer and you a believer. That's not being equally yoked, people. But for a long time, I sat in an illusion or a delusion to think that that's what it meant. They just said it's better to marry than to burn and be not unequally yoked. That means you, if you're a believer in God, you need to marry a believer. But that's not what, that's not exclusive to being equally yoked. True enough, that's the most important thing, to be a believer, both of you are, to both be a believer. But see, being a believer, that has limitations as well. See, you can believe God and I can believe God, but we still may not be equally yoked. Because my belief is on another level than your worst. And what ends up happening in relationships when it's like that, one person who not on equal levels in Christ, one will begin to think that the person who on the highest level got the big head or the one who is who who has more biblical knowledge, you know, or who can pray better. You know, people get offended. So then that's going to cause some inequality in your home. If you got a person that you done yoked with, because then you're not equal. See, it's a it's a reason people used to have arranged marriages are more prevalent in other cultures than America. Because they felt these people would get along better because they could understand each other's background better. Oh, I hope somebody got that. See, when you can't understand somebody's story. You don't understand their glory. You can hear them give you testimony on testimony on testimony. But if somewhere you got an old heart, heart. Well, your heart of compassion don't say, you know, I can relate to her. Or I can relate to him. But oftentimes what people want you to do is push stuff under the rug and pretend like it didn't happen. If you want to give your testimony, that don't mean you're not delivered, baby. Let me help you. Because the Bible encourages us to give testimony. I give testimonies all the time. But that don't mean I'm stuck. That don't mean I'm locked into the pain of my past. I share my testimony and I share it with compassion. I could share a, a movie off a of TV and cry with compassion. So don't let my tears make you think I'm weak. My tears flow because my heart is open to know. Whatever I've gone through, when I tell my testimony, you know why I bring tears to my eyes? Because it's somebody else's daughter, somebody granddaughter, somebody niece, somebody friend, somebody else 
if they didn't go through it. Because, see, everything behind us means we done passed that. But somebody is in the midst. And if they ain't in the midst of going through some of the stuff that I went through, then it may come upon them. So my heart is open to sense and feel somebody is sitting somewhere. And that's what they're doing. And that's what they're dealing with. And that's what they're encountering. And because I've experienced that, I'm empathetic. And most empathetic people, they're going to share a tear when it touches their heart. I think it's a heart-hearted person that can hear a story where somebody was so wounded and broken and hurt. And it don't touch their heart. That don't mean you have to cry like I do. Because I can be a big crybaby. But that means you can understand. You can understand. And, and, and we got a habit of telling people, well, let that go. You ain't holding on to nothing just because you talk about it. See, we got so much stuff in life so distorted. We just mimic what somebody tell us. It ain't because we learned it for ourselves. Because other people say, well, the best way to do it is just to let that go. Don't talk about it. Now, when you're in the healing process, I agree. Because if you got a sore, if you got a wound, and it needs to heal, if you keep digging in it, that's going to make it take longer to heal. But once that area has completely healed, you can hit your leg and say, this is where my sore used to be. I remember when I had this sore and it, I got injured and I fell. And I, you can talk about it because it's completely healed. See, when you heal, it's okay to talk about your wound. That's not going to open it back up. People just, I, 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 I just employ people. Let's try to pray to God and, 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 and download some new, some new apps in our heart and in our mind. So many times we just hinge off a lot of this kitchen wise tales and, and old school stuff. And, and I'm, I'm not, I ain't knocking it. Some of it is good because it's enlightening. So let me say that now. But what's more greater is the word of God. See, they told us that stuff in parables. But I'm employing and encouraging people to get in a place with God. Well, when God speaks to you, you will know how he speaks. When you give your list, when you write your stuff down. See, you know how to take your what to go to God for. Because you clear. You wrote it down with, by your own handwriting. What do you want? And what do you offer? And it's a good thing to have a faithful man. It's a beautiful thing. But that ain't all it gonna take in your house. Because just because a person faithful, that's just one blessing. But if they bring you one blessing and they bring you 10 headaches to go with that, I'm just, I'm just being honest. And I want to say this to the church brothers who listening. When y'all get to tripping, 
about other brothers and want to know why the street brothers always getting at church women. Let me help some brothers out. Because a lot of brothers in the church ain't faithful. So that's the first X. Okay? If you in the church and you in the house of God and you trying to talk up under somebody's dress tail and all your life is is to be still and do nothing and say nothing I can tell you now you don't stand a chance against the brothers who not in the church cause I'm gonna tell you something and I done dated some on both sides of the fence the brothers who not in the church they different now they ain't gonna be always talking about God but I don't recognize it some church brothers don't either they rather talk about what's under your skirt than to talk about what's in your Bible. I'm just keeping it 1,000. And so when you start seeing that, then you start saying, okay, they ain't no different than the brothers in the street. Because if you feel that that's all the woman want to hear and that's all she want to talk about, well, that's what the street brothers talk about. And if you ain't got no God to show them, well, neither do the street brothers. The only difference may be, okay, you might not be running the street. But guess what? Them street brothers, they may run the street. But when they run in about the street, they coming in the house with some flowers, some money, some some uh, 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 to-go plate from, from, from chattels. Or, you know what I'm just saying? They were not there just to be out there. Now, some of them out there making a few coins. But along the way, you know, the more anybody out there opening the street, the more you are exposed to meet somebody else. That go for women too. We women be more exposed. The more we hang out in the street, the more we exposed for somebody to holler. But that don't mean you being unfaithful. Sometimes we just like extracurricular activities. Just to go out, get out from just sitting up in the house all the time. But when I want to say to the church brothers, if you're going to come with equal or worse than a street man. Tell me why is it y'all like to always downgrade the brothers from the street? I'm just asking the question. If you just because I and I've heard a couple of pastors got churches right now that said that they consume more time in the church and with their members than they did with their spouse. But see, that's out of biblical order. I just got to say this now. Now, if you think I'm lying, let me give you the scripture. It say that a man, if, 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 that's a big word, that's two letters. If a man cannot rule his own house well, and it say well, how then can he rule the house of God? See, it, it, it's a twofold thing. and that's, that's, that's that two sword. You want to be home in a jacked up house where you don't talk about God. You don't entertain each other. You don't laugh. You don't have no fun. But you want to get to church and get around people and smile and grin and laugh and entertain and socialize with them. There's something wrong with that picture. And I read this in the Bible. It's just like putting, and you can, you can Google this phrase. Where is the scripture in the Bible that says putting silver apples in a gold frame or it's either gold apples in a silver frame. That one cute. See, we need to stop this stuff and say we are children of God. We don't want to hear no truth. 
I'm not here to put nobody on front street. I'm just here to tell you some stuff to bless your own life. To bless your life. If you're going to be a believer, then it's time to walk as a believer. It's time to talk as a believer. It's time to act like a believer. And if you want to do things decent and in order, you need to make a list. You need to write a checklist. It's not a church or career that I know of that don't encourage to do what I just said. You, you go to church, you go to Bible study, don't they take, tell you to write stuff down that's legible? Don't they tell you to write it down? Sometimes when you go to Sunday church, now they give you these handouts with the ink pen and they give you the little paper to write stuff down. It's a purpose for that. People don't learn in society who people who are prosperous have learned the importance of making a ledger to write stuff down that you can go back and refer to. That's why I got so many notes. And in your job, I don't care if you get on at McDonald's. When you go to your training, when you go to your workshops, when you they have you to write stuff down. Now, whether you sit in there like a bump on a log and don't do it, that's why you need to encourage your children to do their homework. See, it's a, it's, a, it's a systematic thing that was created that God realized. How do we know the Bible? Because somebody wrote it down. We couldn't even know how to serve God the way we do if it, his word didn't exist through written documentation. And written documentation was prevalent for every religion. Islam, Judaism, Hinduism, Hinduism, Buddhism. Everybody got something already written. See, and I got to say this and I'm going to get off my podcast. We as African American culture of people. We fall real short when it comes to writing. We got this habit of just show me. I learn better if you show me. Well, if we all live like that, what could we learn from? What could we Google? What could we go back and read? What could we learn words from? See, people, take a, take a lesson from things that has continued to evolve. Writing is important. Even everybody can text message. That's writing. If you can text on your phone, that means you can write and you can spell. But we don't want to make time to put it on a piece of paper. Or either, like I said, put it in your phone. If you text anybody in the day's time, that means you can go to your notes and text you a list. Oh, I hope somebody got that. I hope somebody got that. May the blessings of the Lord, oh my God. Flow, flow, flow down into your life and meet those things on your checklist, okay? And may you continue to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. I know I didn't give you a scripture today. I came on here on purpose to do a rap session because, you know, sometimes stuff be weighing on my heart. That's how podcast is nothing the same, similar like a radio station, okay? You know, you have rap sessions sometimes. But all in that rap session, I'm still trying to help you bless your life. I'm still directing you to God. Because, see, it is God. It is God. And it is God. It is important even to God. It was important for God. He showed Moses. It said that the Ten Commandments was written by the hand, the finger of God. 
Now, it's in the Bible. Google that scripture. Did the finger of God write the Ten Commandments and read what it's saying. See, I do read my Bible. I study my Bible. So, even though I'm sitting here freestyling, I know for sure I read it in the Bible. So, even it was important for God to write. But we get so lazy as a people. Especially African Americans. And I ain't, I love my people. I am a proud, true heritage of my culture. But I just got to keep it 1,000. If somebody say, well, let, let me write this list right quick to go to the grocery store. Well, that, you don't need to do all that. Just tell me what you want. There's nothing wrong with a list, people. And there's definitely nothing wrong with looking at it. And definitely nothing wrong with looking at the one God wrote, the Ten Commandments. That's in my book. <laughs> I just launched it on Amazon. Ladies, what did God say? Who are you? I mean, I'm sorry. When are you? When are you? Because this is the third volume. The first one is who are you? The second one is what are you? The third one is where are you? Where are you? Where are you in your walk with God? Where are you? And why are you where you are? Oh, I hope somebody get that. Because that's the next volume. No, it's not. Who, what, when, where. Where is the next volume I'm getting ready to work on because I'm doing I'm doing the five W's plus H. Who, what, when, where, why, and always how. Continue to follow me. And I thank you for your support in purchasing uh, the book on Amazon. They're not that expensive. They don't cost more than a meal at Burger King, okay? But it can be a big blessing to your life after that hamburger gone and digested and gone. And you still have the written words to help bless your life. Amen. Amen. Until the next podcast upload. Enjoy this marvelous Monday. Okay. Peace out.